and welcome to the Money Magic Podcast with Fangile Makwakwa. This is the podcast where we talk about trauma and how it affects our finances and our lives. I help women of color unlock ancestral wisdom so they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income, and live their best lives. This podcast was birthed when I started having conversations with private clients and students in my online courses about the remarkable shifts they'd had in their finances and started receiving feedback and updates from people on how these conversations were helping them understand their family dynamics and financial behavior. I've seen how unlocking ancestral wisdom has helped me pay off $60,000 in debt, buy property, launch and grow my company Wealthy Money into a six-figure business in US dollars as I travel and live in various countries on the globe. I've lived in over eight countries and traveled to many more as I built this company. My intention with this podcast is to provide you with weekly episodes that help you understand the importance of healing and help you understand your relationship with money better so you can start making different financial decisions and creating a life you love for yourself and future generations. So without further ado, let's get started and dive into this week's episode. Hey, money magicians, welcome to episode 25. My name is Vangile Makwakwa. I help women of color heal ancestral money trauma so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase their income, and live their best lives. And in the Money Magic series, I often have Money Magic students that come through and talk about the course and their money stories and how their understanding of money trauma, how their money stories have changed. But today, I have uh, not a non-Money Magic student. I have my coach, but before (laughs) she was... Like she's my coach, but actually she's one of my closest friends. We've been friends for a, a very long time at this point. So uh, welcome, Mary Lou Gala. So, <laughs> so Mary Lou, so happy. it's so awesome that you said yes <laughs> to being interviewed. Of course, you were not going to say no. <laughs> no chance. I, I never miss a chance to have a fat conversation with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So can you please tell people what you, what you do and your title? Because I love your title. So tell people what you do. Yeah. I, I do flip-flop a bit between titles, but my most official title is a Vita Love, Sex, and Relationship Coach. And Vita is just a methodology that I was trained in, which stands for the Vital and Integrated Tantric Approach, which mm. is a lot of fancy words to say we work through the body to get the results that we want around love, sex, and relationships. Yeah, so you're a love, sex, and relationship coach. Yeah. <laughs> what does that even mean? What does it entail? Mm. Like, um, why would someone come to you? Yeah, so there's, it's very interesting because there's so many different reasons why women work with me. So I work 99.9% with women. I have worked with couples before as well, which is really beautiful. But um, I'm, the majority of my clients are female. And why would you come to me as a love, sex, and relationship coach? So it can span from having 
problems around sexuality. So for example, feeling like you're um, like you struggle with libido or you have sexual pain um, or you like whatever, like anything around sexuality, like maybe sexual trauma as well. Although, and I'm going to mm -hmm. say this a few times, I'm not a trauma coach because we're going to talk about trauma. But if you have worked with sexual trauma before and you want to kind of expand on that, then you can work with me. Also relationships, like people who struggle with relationships, maybe they haven't been in a relationship for a long time and they have a lot of fear about going in relationships or they attract specific relationships that are maybe not, that aren't thriving relationships and yeah. they want to kind of see what is this cycle that they fall into and how can they break out of that and I'm also someone who used to attract a very specific type of person. And through doing my own coaching, like I broke out of that old cycle, which was very much based on, you know, like <laughs> seeking my father. It's like a very, it's a classic thing. It's like looking classic. for your dad through men. And so yeah. I was able to break out of that and start dating completely different types of men. So you can up level yeah. in the type of relationships that you attract. Mm, I love this so much, right? <laughs> because, you know, my big thing was like, I, I actually, because I've been there from the start of um, the coaching journey when you started the coaching journey. And mm. I remember my big thing was always like, I don't want to like when you start coaching, don't come tell me about affirmations and visualization and affirming the right life partner. Yeah. Please miss me with that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I found that so fascinating. So what are some things that you see that keep people in? And part of why you're here is because I want us to discuss trauma, right? Yes. Um, so maybe let's talk about that. Like, what is the mm -hmm. difference between the work that you do working through the body versus say, I'm going to affirm the perfect lover. I'm going to visualize them. Um, how does your work differ from that? Because I think when people hear coaching, most people think that we are people who work with affirmations and positive thinking, and we're going to help you stay on track, or we're going to give you advice on mm. don't date this man, do this, do the dating <laughs> advice, right? Like flit like this, say yeah. this. What your oh. Tinder profile must look like, what you exactly. must say in your bio. Yeah. <laughs> um, so things like affirmations and all of that, um, to a very, very small degree, this does come into the coaching and like you can, yeah. um, you know that as well, Where we, but we call it a core desire. So yes. the principle of this is we need to figure out what it is that we truly want. And um, yes. I know we're going to talk a little bit about like the nervous system and what you can hold. So if you are, let's say you're at a, I love a scale from one to 10, right? So say for example, <laughs> two out of 10, of feeling like you can have the best relationship that you want. It's mm -hmm. about figuring out what limiting beliefs do, do you have that doesn't allow you to get into a relationship that's, for example, a committed relationship. So yeah, this is a great example. So if you find yourself always ending up in relationships where the person is either cheating on you or they're just not, not committed to you, so they, they're playing mm -hmm. with you all the time, they can't show up for you, they can't give you what you want, that's a yeah. certain like dance between the two of you where like you don't feel like you deserve or are worthy of or you can't hold commitment in your nervous system because commitment might feel incredibly scary in your body, even though in your mind you feel I want a committed relationship, your body isn't ready for it yet. 
And so the work that we'll do is really to slowly, slowly, I'm such a big believer in the gentle approach, to slowly, slowly start training your nervous system to hold more and more of whatever it is, more love, like being able to yes. receive more love, being able to receive more commitment, being able mm. to receive more intimacy, more connection. But it's yeah. all about figuring out what those blocks are that live mm. in your body because of the way mm. that you were raised, because of the way that you were treated, mm. because of the previous relationships that you've had, because of what you think you deserve and slowly start undoing those things. Yes, yes. Wow. So that's so powerful. I'm one of the people that came uh, to you. Well, I didn't really come to you since we'd, we'd always been talking forever and yeah, ever. But decided but, like, to do I, coaching. I decided to do coaching with you because I just had this deep thing. Like I would say, I want a relationship, but then like deep down, like every single time, like we'd be just like, going out for drinks, talking with you or my other friends. One day I want a relationship. The next day it's like, please don't come with the relationship to me yes. in any way, shape or form. Because yeah. it was so scary. Like relationships were my point of unsafety. Mm. And what I didn't realize was how tied, um, how that was, a, that was also linked to trauma. So sometimes I knew because I mean, because I do the work that I do, right? And we were having conversations. I knew that there was something more. But I don't like you, you often remind me of this. When we started coaching, my first thing was like, yeah, I'm coming to you for relationship coaching. But actually, I just want to work on the relationship with myself. F relationships. Like, <laughs> I'm off the romance <laughs> radar. Right? Like, I want, guys, that's literally what I said. I was like, yeah, like, let's just work on the relationship. Yeah. Itself. Like, honestly, Vangile was so avoidant of relationships. <laughs> like, she would roll her eyes. Like, your whole body changed when you were talking about relationships, where it was like pure aversion. You almost were yeah. disgusted by the idea of a relationship, right? Yeah. And like looking at how much you've progressed over months where it not yes. only became like um, like a possibility. I think even the possibility of a relationship was like, ugh. And it now was it's like, become, shoot me. Like I yeah. never want to go there. Like I had this whole story of past relationships and yeah. I was just like, oh <laughs> men are just so tedious. Yeah. Relationshiping is so tedious. <laughs> Can I get what I need to get, but never have a relationship? Like if yeah. I have to um, have sex, can I just do that, but never yeah. ever talk to another human being? I think right? if you but could I, live I, on another planet to avoid relationships, you would have done that. <laughs> I really would have. Like I was just like, why would anyone want to go through that stress? So let's talk a little about that. Like for mm. someone... Like me, because I feel like this is so similar to money and we're going to link like trauma. We're going to link receiving and money because it wasn't yeah. just about safety for me. It was also later on what came up was also just this unsafety with receiving. And I want to talk yes. about that. Right. Yeah. But like, what does a person do when they feel like that? Because for me, it wasn't necessarily like, it wasn't like, oh my God, I don't want a relationship with a specific person. It was just mm. like, I don't want a re relationship with humans. Just humanity is my problem. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that's still a little bit true. 
just a little bit too, which is so weird (laughs) given the work that I do because I love the people that I work with. But most times it's like humanity, please, like let's not make it. with this one. (laughs) Yeah, like let's not make it too much of a thing. (laughs) (laughs) But so so this actually brings up an interesting point because what I want to say is you don't have to like everyone in humanity and in the same way, you don't have to like everyone who is dateable. You only yes. the person that you end up with, right? Like, honestly, all other, like, if you're in a heterosexual relationship, all other men can just, like, leave the stage because it really just matters about that one person. And even if yes. you date a few people and it fails, you know, it's like yeah. you learn something from it, but it's not your person, they don't even matter when you get to your person, like whoever they mm. are, if you want a committed long-term relationship. Yeah, you helped me realize that. You're like, you don't have to have people in your space. You don't even have to like, all. I was like, wow, that's so awesome. <laughs> like, I don't have to be, like, I just, it's okay that I can just be like, oh, nice talking to you, I'm done. Like, I tried this. Yeah. Who Let's- is that person? You don't owe them anything. You don't owe them time. You don't owe them an explanation. Um, and yeah. I think that realizing that gives you a sense of freedom. And I think this yeah. is something that so many women do is like they feel mm. like they have to be agreeable. They have to be the people mm. pleasers because women are so used to sacrificing themselves for other people that even in the dating game, you feel you owe someone something. Either you feel like you owe them sex or you owe them uh, messages or you owe them time. And that's a trap. And so I think realizing that you don't, you don't owe them anything. Like, who are they? Yeah. They've, they've, you've lived happily for like 30 whatever years without this person. They've yeah. lived happily without you for 30 whatever years. Why yeah. now is this this yeah. um, unspoken contract between you, right? <laughs> so just like, you know, let them be. And, you can and also I think that we have this pressure that you enter this, dating thing and then like instantly people start talking about marriage so now imagine this scenario guys like i'm already like skirting very thin on just relationship <laughs> right like just how do i want us to be in the same space that is how deep my coaching with mary lou has gone it's like i didn't want even the idea of another person in the same space as me it was like ah uh, i'd Too have much. to do with them in mm. my space, uh, no. But then like now imagine that. And then for me, my my other thing was like, oh my God, you date a person for a few months, they start talking marriage. Like what is like, I'm still getting over that. And I think that uh, most times I, the way, a part of where my big unsafety was coming from was that now I have to enter with every relationship because eventually if, especially if it's long-term, it leads to such conversations, right? Yeah. So at some point, I my thing was like, oh my God, if I get back into the dating game, at some point I'm going to have to have these discussions. And I'm mm. still like trying to figure myself out where I stand on that. Yeah. And just the realization that you don't have to, but then we've been socialized to basically do that, to be the nice girl, right? Because yeah. you're like, I don't want to hurt someone's feelings because exactly. then they'll ask then what are we doing here if it's yeah. not going in that direction? Because I've been asked that and I'm always like, eh, mm. what do you do? But, but imagine now ending up marrying someone, having children with them, all because you were too polite to say something. 
How can I swear people do this? It's like it escalates so people much. Do though because, because like, we don't want to disappoint. We don't want to <laughs> offend, right? And so we yeah. just kind of like go along with it. But so yeah. this is where it's almost like a confidence and a self love. So this yeah. is for me. This is self love. So if you stand in the energy of self love and you realize that yeah. you are number one in your life, like you yeah. have to be, right? Yeah. Um, everyone else you can't put other people as number one. Like you have to look after yeah. yourself first and then you can look after other people even better if that is, if that yes. is what you do. But if you put yes. yourself first, then your desires matter. Your choices matter. Um, what you like and you don't like that really matters. And yeah. it's almost a revolutionary act to take that back, especially for women yes. You go like, I can ask for what I want and I don't want. And this go this yeah. goes into sex as well. I can yeah. I'm allowed to say no, right? And I think yeah. some women end up in sexual situations or doing things that they don't actually want to do mm. again because they're too agreeable. So this yes. is in commitment, in sex, mm. intimacy. You are allowed to say what you like and you don't like, or want yes. and don't want. And if you don't know, that's also a valid answer. If you don't know what yes. you stand. You can say, I actually don't know. I need to, I need some time to go figure out like what I actually want. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So my fear was that always people took that so personally that like, it's like, how can you not know if you truly loved me, you would know. Uh, yeah. But I also love traveling. I'm not sure yes. I want to settle down. So yeah. loving you also comes with a change in lifestyle for some people, all sorts of mm. things. Am I prepared to make those changes mm. and um, make such big choices yet? Because mm. I think we grow up in a culture that tells us that love sh should be enough, right? That like, as long yeah. as I love you, that is enough to make a relationship. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's so challenging because I've often been that person on the other end that like is mistaken for, no, you don't love me. And then you end up in these really traumatic discu discussions where you're trying to prove that you do love yeah. the other person. And justify but, yourself. Oh, which is one of my core traumas, yes. you guys. This is like, why I'm bringing this up. Mm. <laughs> I would, I like literally Mary Lou and I have worked for like, I think weeks and weeks on the mm. trauma of often having to justify myself, justify yeah. my desires, justify yeah. my wants because of this, right? Mm. Because there is that assumption that love has no boundaries almost. Like that love, when we fall in love and it is the one, they will change everything. You'll mm. be able to make big sacrifices and I've often found that there's a lot of things that I'm not willing to sacrifice yeah. right it's not that I don't love the person but I and then you don't have the language for that right yeah. I think that's an important yeah. point because we haven't been trained in how to yeah. stand up for ourselves um mm -hmm. and I think maybe we had this discussion or I had it somewhere else where what I find with a lot of women is when they start practicing boundaries is that first they go to the other extreme and they become very uh, almost like angry, right? So they become almost <laughs> itchy or very cold and hard with yeah. their boundaries because we're yeah. not practiced in how to yes. deliver boundaries in a clear yes. but firm way because, and this is another thing that we can go into, because we have our boundaries overstepped again and again and again. Mm. 
So you set a boundary and someone pushes the boundary. And you yes. set a boundary and someone pushes the boundary. And so yes. no wonder we feel like either we're not allowed to have boundaries because no one's going to respect it in any mm. case, or we feel like we must come in with like the force of nature. Otherwise, people mm. won't respect our boundaries. So just like yes. I understand why boundaries is such a difficult thing for us. It is, hey, which I want to backtrack because I want to tie it all to safety, boundaries, yeah. and trauma. Let's backtrack and explain what is what is your definition of trauma and how do you think um, trauma is passed down from generation to generation and yeah. how does it affect the nervous system? So there's like three questions in one. Okay. <laughs> if, I, if I miss any of them, just remind me, but I'm going to go on a little trauma. Okay. So, okay. Again, okay. just want to say I'm not a trauma coach, but like my training has been trauma informed. And so, and Van, yeah. Van and I talk a lot about trauma. So, yes. okay. So I see trauma coming into flavors in a way, mm -hmm. and the one isn't better or worse than the other, yes. but the one is what I call trauma with a big T. And this is something that's like really heavy, really intense, like a big thing that happens at one time. So this could be anything from a car crash to sexual assault, to violence, mm -hmm. something that's like, super overwhelming in the moment and yeah. as a survival mechanism if you can't escape the situation so if you can't go into flight mode or fight mode defend yourself mm -hmm. the body goes into freeze and so yes. what happens in that moment is the nervous system goes into overload you can think of it as the electric cables right if there's a, an electric surge in your house and the electric box like explodes that's what happens mm. to the nervous system. It can't carry the intensity of that moment. Mm. And so it fries. And so it just goes into shutdown. And that yeah. shutdown causes uh, like almost like a, a, a contraction in the physical mm. body. I'm getting goosebumps the whole time when I talk about this because it's like, that's <laughs> like awesome. Okay. I so love this. I love what you're saying about the contraction in the physical yes. body because. I also want you to just also talk a little about the as the physical body contracts, how the energetic body starts to contract as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and that can this can be around a specific topic. So, for example, yeah. if it was if there was uh, physical violence, then things yes. that you associate with that moment or that person yes. or that situation mm -hmm. will re-trigger. It's almost like that moment gets frozen into your body, and anything that happens later in life completely out of context. So say, for example, whatever, like your abuser was a certain height and a certain body type. If 10 years later, you encounter someone with that same height and body type, your trauma can get reactivated and it might feel like you're back in that moment, even though mm -hmm. there's no context in this future moment that um, yeah. relates to that. Okay, so let's pause that. So that's trauma with a big T, but then you also yeah. get trauma with a little T. And so trauma with a yes. little T is what I call like insidious trauma. And so this yeah. is, for example, um, like this is receiving messages over time that is traumatic, but it doesn't feel necessarily traumatic, but it still puts yeah. you in a contraction or a freeze. So for example, like you'll never amount to anything. People like yeah. you don't excel in life, whatever. So it doesn't yeah. feel like a physical blow, but it crushes your spirit it makes your energy body contract and contract and contract and then you start believing this thing and then when you get into a situation later in life where you're trying to expand or grow or stand in your authenticity this this trauma with a little t this trauma will block you from that because your nervous system and this comes to safety because you receive this 
traumatic message over and over and over again, your nervous system doesn't have the capacity to hold anything that's not that thing. Yes. So something that's also important to remember about the brain. And so the primal brain is like a, a, this back part of our brain. That mm -hmm. is the part that's most directly connected to the nervous system. Like it's at the back of just before you enter the spine. And this mm -hmm. is the part of the body that has the amygdala that is connected with danger. So this part yeah. of your body lets your, this part of your brain lets your mm -hmm. body know whether a situation is safe or unsafe. And if it's unsafe, mm -hmm. Um, it tries to get you out of it, like fight, flight, freeze, whatever. Yes. So, um, where I forgot, forgot where I was going with this now. Um, <laughs> primal brain, nervous system, da, 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 da. I can't remember where I was going with this now. Okay, yeah. I think you were going to go, you were talking about the nervous system and probably <clears throat> you were going to unpack as to how this, how the brain then responds yeah. every Just time like, we're I think this activated. Yeah, there's, there's something around safety. Oh, how much the nervous system can hold. So, for example, if you um, if you were in the situation over and over again, where, oh, that's what I wanted to say. The primal brain's main concern is with survival. So if you have mm. survived living a specific life, so if we relate it to money, if you mm. have survived on 5,000 yeah. rand a month for your entire yes. life, your body sees that as safety. 5,000 rand is yep. safe. So once you want to go to 10,000 Rand a month, it doesn't feel safe because you've never yeah. had that. So you don't have proof that you can survive at a higher level. Yes. So that's where it becomes this nervous system block. Your nervous system can't yes. hold that. Same with relationships. If you've only yes. been in abusive relationships before, but you survived, the body sees that as safe. So to have a loving, caring, committed relationship, it doesn't feel safe because your nervous yep. system has never held that before. I think that makes yep. sense. That yeah. makes a lot of sense, right? Because, and here's where I get really, I guess I don't wanna say annoyed or upset, but we live in a culture that basically drills down things to the, not just like to, I guess the surface level, which is like, oh, so-and-so is in an abusive relationship. Ooh, they don't love themselves. Uh, no, it's not even about self-love. Mm. Maybe every time I'm, I'm affirming I love myself, what my brain goes to do is it goes into the vaults of what love looks like yes. for me and it draws out abuse as love. So I mm. keep affirming I love myself, I love myself, but I keep getting into abusive relationships because my brain's idea of love is this. Exactly. Right, because that is what feels safe. So yeah. it's not about self-love. And I feel like that is the, for me, it took me a long time to understand that, right? Yeah. To understand that everyone's version of love, just like everyone's version of expansion and money is different. Everyone's yes. version of what we have, the quintessential version on a conscious level of what a safe relationship looks like. Mm. But Deep down, our subconscious and the parts of us that feel unsafe and are really driving us to remain safe and keeping us in survival mode, yeah. they have a different version of what safety feels like. Exactly. Right? So I think that's what that's how trauma affects us, is that we're yeah. not even aware of that. Yeah. And I and you and I have a lot of these discussions about, oh my gosh, the superficial 
explanations of something as intense mm-hmm. as abuse. It yeah. doesn't work, yeah. right? So No, you um, need to go into the individual and see what is their story, what mm-hmm. what is their imprint. As you said, like everyone's got a different imprint of what that looks like. What are their ideas of safety? What is the house that they grew up in? What is their, like, is there anything ancestrally that could have been passed on? Like these conversations are so deep. And I think people just don't have the time for depth because I don't know, our society moves too fast. And so they want to paint everything with one brush saying, um, you know, like you're weak if you don't leave. Like, no, no, no. It's so much more complex than that. Yeah. So I'm very fascinated when it comes to relationships is it possible in the same way like money, like how we have the same relationship imprint from generation to generation, uh, same money imprint from generation to generation? Can you have like, say, five generations of women in the same, like I've seen this in my family, so I guess the answer is yes. But <laughs> how does this happen? Like generations, like five generations of women all attracting similar types of men. Yeah. Yeah, because that is trauma passed down from generation yeah. to generation. Can you expand on that and how that could mm-hmm. happen? Well, one um, one explanation for that as well is that you grow up seeing these things. So it's like a, about what is being modeled to you. So if you grow up seeing your grandparents in whatever, like a dysfunctional relationship, and then you see your parents in a dysfunctional re- relationship, you're very likely, especially if you don't do any inner work, you don't go on this path of personal development to repeat that. So it's like, what do they call like the sins of the fathers or whatever? It's basically yeah. like you're just repeating what you see and what you grow up with yeah. because that becomes your normal. And so, yes, yeah. I, I believe like, you know, I believe like trauma can be um, carried over genetically as well. So there's definitely yes. um, like genetic, like things in our, again, in our bodies that believe this, but a lot of it is also just from the way that you've been conditioned growing up and what you were yeah. shown Um, as normal. And what I find with a lot of things is like, there are always outliers in certain families or certain whatever's. So say, for example, um, like with, with money, Um, if you grow up always seeing your parents like struggling, like there's always a struggle story around money. Mm. You can be born as like an outlier in a way and have a natural tendency to reject that story. However, but but those are like, that's usually a minority of people. So for the majority of people, they'll repeat the same cycles because this is what we know. This is how we do. Yeah. And I love that you say that because this brings me to the next thing. Cause again, it's for me about um, abusive relationships. I feel like we, I mean, a lot of people know this about my feelings that we don't go a lot of things lead back to trauma. And so what we do in our societies, we tend to also victim blame, right? It's like, why doesn't she leave that situation? Because we haven't understood that even when you make it, making a decision doesn't lead to behavioral change because trauma doesn't work like that. So why is it that even when I make a decision, because God knows I made this decision so often, I will not date the quote unquote, sorry guys, the assholes anymore. (laughs) So like, I will date the nice guy. I will be attracted to the nice guy, not the guy that makes me upset and constantly leads me to cry and all Mm. that. And then I would, 
inevitably you break up with this one, you keep attracting that one, but I made this decision. And why is it taking so long to leave? Mm. So why is it that the decision doesn't lead to a different outcome? Because, mm. and I ask this so that we can have also more compassion and understanding even our own stories as to why yeah. we may find ourselves in the same situation, even when we've made the decision that no more, because we have so many people in our society that say, you just make a decision and everything yeah. changes. And I'm just always like, choose to leave. that's not how trauma works. Just mm. choose to leave, choose yeah. to be wealthy. Uh, that is not how trauma works. Yeah. I can choose today to follow my budget. And yeah. every part of me can be on board. And yet for years, I may not be able to get on board with the behavior. Yeah. So for me, this is quintessentially a disconnect between the, the body and the mind because decisions yes. come from the mind space. So this is like a rational word thinking. This is the affirmations looking in the mirror. I deserve a healthy relationship. I deserve yeah. a healthy relationship. But the body isn't on board with your belief yes. yet because you haven't sat with the feelings that you have in mm. your body. So you can tell yourself a story over here but the moment you meet this person that your unconscious or your subconscious recognizes as home dysfunction, exciting mm -hmm. dysfunction, attractive dysfunction, because this is your template, your body will react and your body will be drawn to this person. And all the stories you told yourself in your mind will be like you never said them. And maybe yeah. at the beginning, they might appear like the person that you were inviting, but the body that was the thing. It's mm. like the person would appear to be like this for like two, three months. Then I'm like, after three months, I've been The truth conned. comes yeah. out. The truth comes out. This is the interesting and also tricky thing about relationships. The getting yeah. to know another person is such a journey yeah. because who people sometimes show themselves to be at the beginning is not who they truly are. And you can only find that out by, by spending some time with that human, right? Yeah. Um, but as I said, if the if the unconscious, the body, the trauma, mm. the feelings haven't been processed or integrated yet, the body mm. is going to make the calls. Like the unconscious will attract the things that you haven't integrated yet. Yeah. So you need to do yeah. the personal work around that or the inner work around yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So and that is like where the trauma informed work comes in, yes. right? And you and I have had, and I feel like I want to come back to this discussion because Nomveliso mm. and even Laurie in our previous Money Magic series interviews, guys, you can go check them out. I think Nomveliso is maybe episode 22 or 23, and then Laurie is somewhere like episode 20 or something. They also, we talk about this as well. But it's this idea that like, we've been taught that if you just keep telling yourself and you try to push mm -hmm. through it, Pushing through is our big thing in our society, yeah. right? Like yeah. I will just push through the discomfort of what my body is telling me. What is the danger with that? Especially because we see a lot of that as the thing that is being taught. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, my body is telling me, heck no, this is beyond my safety point. My nervous system is going crazy. But then we're like, mm. push through, push through, because that's our entire educational yeah. system as well yeah what um, what is the danger with that when it comes to when you're dealing with trauma yeah so well the the 
first and foremost dangerous that you can re-traumatize yourself, right? So that trauma that you already have in you, your body is giving you warning signals around that. So if you learn to tune into your body, and I know you're very in tune with like, you can feel if there's like, you know, if your toes do something, like, you know, that (laughs) means something, or if your womb speaks to you, like there's a message there. So your body is constantly giving you cues And if your body starts going into a trauma reaction, and it might not be overwhelming, like you're paralyzed basically by the trauma, but it can be like a nervousness or anxiety. And you just go, I'm just going to push through. I'm just going to push through. The danger exists that you overload your nervous system again, and you actually deepen that trauma. So Mm. you don't integrate it. You don't heal it. You actually make it go deeper because Mm. you're not listening to the body. Mm, which is why I keep saying to people, you always come back to the body, right? Yeah. So if your body is saying, I'm setting this big relationship goal, because we're talking about relationships, but my body is saying, hell no. And I keep, and I've done this. I think this actually, oh my God, as we're talking about this, the penny drops. I think mm. this is how I got to the point of, I am freaking done with relationships. I don't want them because I was getting that overwhelm, but the overwhelm wasn't around abuse, which brings me to the next topic. My overwhelm was around receiving more love than my nervous system could hold, receiving more money by this other party than my nervous system could hold. And what I did, because I didn't know any better, and everybody's like, oh my God, he's such an amazing human being, (laughs) all this. They're like, it's so overwhelming because it went against my set point. So what then happened was I shut all the way down, right? And because I didn't know anything about trauma and integration, what my entire trauma state was, please stay the hell away. Yeah. To the point where, guys, when we started coaching, this is like, so I often say to people, the locks in a state of absolute panic and anxiety. I see it with money, right? Because I do with money. And someone will go and say, go do gratitude around money. And then they'll go and do gratitude for 30 days. And it's like you are in a state of deep anxiety, re-traumatizing the system. So I did that. I was like overloaded, overwhelmed. And I'm like grateful to have this person in my life, grateful to have this person in my life, freaking out, being this crazy human being. Why are you gifting me so much? Why are you giving me all these things? Why? Like, why are you giving me money? Why do you want to help sort out my life? All that. And people and all my friends are like, oh, my God, he's a dream guy. He's everything. But for my nervous system, he represented danger because he went beyond my receiving set point. So our very first thing. So there's many questions that are going to come from this. So bear with me, guys. I just wanted to give context. (laughs) So the very first thing that I worked with with Marilu on was around receiving. I did not want to receive. And somehow everything about receiving was tied to men for me. It was like receiving money. It comes back to men receiving. I'm like, but I don't get it. I've received mm-hmm. so much. But, and I'm like, but that, and then the problem was the too much receiving. So can we talk about sometimes how trauma isn't always because of lack of things. It can actually be the good things that the nervous system cannot hold. Because yeah. that was my re-traumatization. It was like, 
my nervous system couldn't hold all those things and it just shut down like it was too mm. much for me yeah and that really comes down to also like your past experience around it so i know like love is a really yeah. good example like how much love can your nervous system hold and we all again we have the societal yeah. idea of like the more love the better right and we must yeah. force ourselves into just like loving as much as we can and receiving as much love as we can but what if mm. love feels dangerous what if you had a, a my hand is up what if you had a template growing <laughs> up that love was a weapon love was manipulation because like as a child you don't know the intricacies of like human relationships right you just know like there's my mother yes. my father my my caretakers and they mm. must love me because i'm their child but then if that uh idea of what love is is really warped because of the caretaker's um way of showing love which is oftentimes like not love right but the child interprets it as love and this forms a, a base imprint that love is dangerous love mm. someone loves you there's an expectation that you have to do something in return or love can get uh, you double or whatever it is yes. so love isn't simple love isn't simple yeah. we want because Hollywood and all of this, but we have yeah. very fixed ideas around love. And then once you start receiving love, the nervous system can go into a panic because it expects something. It expects uh, an expectation or it expects abuse mm. or it expects manipulation or it expects criticism because mm. how love was like merged um, yes. in, a, in a previous example. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the caretakers. That's a very deep imprint. Like, you know, that's been layers yeah. and layers layers and layers for you yeah but you can also have even if you have a good base if you have relationships in the meantime where for example you were super invested in love you were in this relationship yeah. the person cheated on you you can also form like a, a mini trauma in there that's like love is dangerous love is betrayal so it yeah. really depends on your past experiences what your coding is of love Mm, yeah, so that was very, very interesting to me, right? Because it was like, wow, it often we think that, oh, I'm not open to receiving because I've never received. But actually, for me, it was, yeah, people have actually given, like, I've received so much, but in previous relationships, I've received to a point where it overwhelmed me. Mm. And my entire nervous system didn't know how to cope with that amount of receiving. And yeah. so what happened was it shut down and instead yes. of registering safety, it registered danger, right? And then my nervous system went into the same thing. So how do you then work with someone like me who's going through that, right? Yeah. And like, cause we'll look, and I think about this, you know, the women that are like, well, like, but she just had the good girl, the good guy ask her out. Why is she going for the bad guy? You know, and I feel like Hollywood loves to kind of toot that difference, right? Like that, oh, he doesn't have much of anything, but he's got everything, but she's not going to go for him. I'm like, how about she goes to therapy and she figures <laughs> out what the hell is going I on? I would love to see more of that in Hollywood. It's like before anything happens, like everyone goes to therapy first. Everyone 
making decisions from a very intense and maybe overwhelmed nervous system and you don't even know it (laughs) yeah and you don't even understand what's happening because to you it might feel like excitement and this is the other thing it's what we feel as butterflies or excitement of being or being in love could also be the nervous system and the the nervous system going into overwhelm and the body saying danger danger but we're like oh i feel so jittery when i'm around him it must be love it's like that's your body telling you that you're about to make a mistake so not always like that, but oftentimes. So just look into yeah. that as well. And we 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 um really glorify the butterflies in the stomach, right? Yeah. I'm like, I remember when I had that realization years ago that actually the butterflies in the stomach were like my nervousness. And that was my nervous system saying, danger, danger, yeah. danger. <laughs> it's like it's anxiety, not butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, ah, he gives me butterflies in the stomach. And yeah. oh God, it's wow. <laughs> yes. So these are things that I wish they taught us at school. I right? Know. I don't even think the teachers realize these things about life, though, you know? <laughs> this is true. Because our teachers were our age, right? Or some of them were a little older and they were still yeah. going, uh, trying to figure it out, right? Exactly. So, um, I just, so we did some work around how you start to allow the nervous system to open up. And a lot of it is some somatic work. Do you want to talk a little about that? Because I think um, one of the key things that I've had to learn on my journey around working with trauma, and that's why I'm like to people, you go back, you do the work, you self-soothe, you do pleasure, you gift yourself. But there's this element that it's not that you are always constantly calm. Another thing that is being tutored mm. right, is that mm. the regulated nervous system is the re- is a nervous system that is never triggered, never uh, upset when something happens. But what we know from trauma work is that the regulated nervous system is a system that is able to stretch, come back, stretch yeah. some more. So can you talk a little about that? What is a regulated nervous system and how do you um, work with people to regulate the nervous system? Hmm. Um, so I think the core to a regulated nervous system is at least finding one place again in the body that mm-hmm. feels safe. And so this yes. can be something very simple, like we call it resourcing. So finding a place in your body that even, as you said, like if you stroke yourself, like this groundedness of yeah. skin on skin. So to learn oh, how to self-soothe. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. self-soothing, learning how to self-soothe is like a direct gateway to like building a more resilient and um, regulated nervous system. At the beginning, you might have to do it manually, where once yeah. you feel yourself going into um, an overload or a hyper arousal of the nervous system, you learn, mm-hmm. okay, so deep breaths into the stomach, stroking my mm. arms, maybe maybe disconnecting. If you're in a space where other people are triggering you, maybe leaving that space. If it is like mm-hmm. whatever emails triggering you, closing your computer. So removing the triggers from the outside and really going back. Again, take care of number one. This is the important thing, mm-hmm. like soothing your body. If you yeah. want, then your nervous system starts to get to know that the, the situation that is scary and throws me into a panic isn't the only place where I can be. I can also mm-hmm. be in a place that feels safe. And this place for now is my body, right? Yes. And so as the nervous system learns that almost like this contraction, scary, expansion, mm-hmm. pleasure, contraction, scary, yeah. expansion, pleasure, 
it learns how to regulate itself in a better way. And then when you spin mm-hmm. out into a, into a contraction, then it knows how to come back. So yes. while you were asking the question, I actually got this image in my head, which is like pain and pleasure are almost two sides of the same coin, right? True. I think some people get addicted to the pain and I was there as well, where it's like, yeah. um, you know, like no pain, no gain, suffer for your <laughs> results. And even with personal development, like I used to go into like all these ayahuasca ceremonies and Vipassana is also like, I think a lot of like, it's a pain way to enlightenment. Yeah, It's hard on the body and it's focused and it's it it's is. hard. Right. I still love it though. I do. <laughs> so, so okay, there is guys, a... that's how Marilu and I met. We met yes. at the Pasna years ago. Yeah, my my first memory of Van is waking up because I overslept on my first morning, and Van was standing next to my bed asking, "Why are you not in meditation?" And so that was like my very first memory of you is like calling me out and not doing my personal development work. <laughs> <laughs> and then so yeah and then here we are like seven years later yeah um, so so if you think of like pain and pleasure as two sides of the same mm. coin right so mm. this is why it's important to balance the pain with pleasure because you can't just True. do pl- pain but you also can't just do pleasure otherwise yes. you don't touch into the shadow work you don't sit with the mm. discomfort then you chase yeah. the all this love and we're all one then you go into the path of spiritual bypassing right so you need that nice balance of pain and pleasure but now here's another image think of us as a spiral so if you have more pain than pleasure you're going down the spiral so you Mm. could even like seek pleasure through going shopping drinking a lot like whatever like Mm. sleeping with random people because it's pleasurable but you're actually going into the pain spiral where what you want to do is have the pain, feel the discomfort, sit with the feelings, mm-hmm. go through the personal development, but go up the spiral of pain, pleasure, pain, pleasure, pain, pleasure, pain, pleasure. I really so, am going to force every money magic student to listen to this because I'm like, <laughs> I'm right there with the, this is why you need the massages. This yes. is why you need um, the cons. This is why you need to go out to the fancy retreats. This is why you go eat the beautiful meals. This is why mm. you watch the sunset. This is why you get the garden. Um, yeah. yeah, they because of that, that's yeah. why we have this focus on pleasure. And I'm so glad yeah. that you mentioned self soothing because. It's so easy to do the work. And then when I say to people, almost after every intensive breathwork session or something, I'll go, go eat your favorite chocolate cake. (laughs) It's part of pleasure. And I'll be like, and take your time with it, you know, because of this pleasure work, because, and I do know that in the personal development, there's that. And we go through the extremes, right? We see it. There's the intensive pain and then there's the intensive I never, ever even want to go into the darkness. All I'm seeking is the light and the beauty of that. That's also, and I think like what happens with um, only working with the light and the beauty is that you never, ever get, allow the nervous system to uh, learn how to stretch, to integrate the dark stuff. So when the pain stuff, because that's what would happen with me when I was on the, deep like I'm just gonna positive think I'm just gonna Mm. affirm when life was happening because I couldn't because I wasn't working with it um working with the darkness it's like 
my nervous system couldn't integrate hectic, um, painful life experiences. So when they yeah. happened, they would break me fully, you know? Yeah. So when I learned how to do both, it was easier. So mm. my next thing is I actually want to talk about this, about the power in what we're talking about. Because guys, when I started working with Marilu, I wouldn't even invest. Remember when we started working together, how I wouldn't even buy myself a pair of jeans? Yes, I remember <laughs> that so clearly. Like it was such an issue for you. And, and you would spend money on other people. You would spend... Yeah. Tens of thousands of times the value of a pair of jeans on other people without even thinking yes. about it, but you couldn't yes. buy yourself a pair of jeans. Yes, and that was one of my um, exercises. And then now I spend close to like $2,500 a month on masterminds, on coaching. I spend yeah. like tons of money on five-star hotels on myself. But that came from this work that we're talking about, right? Mm. And it wasn't just about that. It was also just like, I want to talk about how often it's not that we're unable to receive love from outside or receive money from outside, but that we are unable to receive it from even ourselves because our yeah. nervous systems in general cannot hold that. Can yeah. you please expand on that and why that is so important? Because the self is the first place to start. Yeah. So it's important to, to understand your capacity to receive. Yeah. Sorry, there was a bit of a lag in the video. Um, your video is gone for some reason. Because I'm moving. Keep talking. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Let me keep talking. Set, setting in. Nice. Um, that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so something that's important to understand as well is like you still have a relationship with yourself. So this is mm. also a relationship. So in the same way that yeah. we relate to other people and we give love and we ask love, we also give and receive from ourselves the same way that we, whatever, like oh. give gifts and receive gifts. We can also do it with ourselves. So I, I'm on this big thing about your relationship with your body. And part of that is I really want women to be able to learn to listen to their bodies. But you also have a relationship with your body. You say certain things to your body, the same that you would say to a child or a family member. So what is the inner dialogue that you have with your body? Like, do you criticize it the whole time? Do you tell it how it's stupid? It doesn't work. That's a re You're relating. But the same, so in that yeah. same relationship, how much can you give to yourself? And if you cannot, if you're unable to give to yourself, what is that about? Because oftentimes, yes. and like you're such a good example, it's not that the money is the issue because you were giving to yeah. other people, but giving to yourself yes. felt painful. It, it was such yes. a block around that. And how can you receive if you can't even receive from yourself, how are you going to receive from other people? Mm. It's like one of my, well, the quote from RuPaul is if you can't love mm. yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Right. And I think yeah. that's such an important thing. If you can't receive from this yourself, how the hell are you going to receive from somebody else? Maybe you can, yeah. but it will bring up so much discomfort or resentment or feelings of which is my case. Yeah. Cause you still receive yeah. from other people but it brought up yeah. a lot of gunk every time. It wasn't a clear receiving. And I think you've yes, it opened wasn't. up into a clear receiving. Yeah. So mm. I think, and I ask about this uh, concept of receiving and the nervous system because it, it's a huge part as well. I started to realize that 
it was also affecting my finances because like my nervous system would shut down when I went beyond a certain point in the same way that like when I would receive from lovers or would get love from lovers, I would shut down. Mm. Right. Like I'm like, I was not that girl that was like, Oh my God, he loves me. It was like, love was stressful. I mean, we yeah. had to work so much on that because yeah. for me, love was stressful because what have I known about love growing up? It was the most stressful thing. It like yeah. completely put people into a crazy tailspin. Yeah. So I was like, count me absent from this. Like I just, you know, and what I didn't understand was um, the trauma and the layers around that. So yeah, I think this is so, so important. And then yeah. the last segment of the show that I want to talk about, because you do a lot of work around this and all this is so interconnected, right? Is also womb work that you do how does the mm. womb tie into trauma we've had quite a few uh women should i say mainly like polite and mm. <laughs> um and putanan come through and talk about yeah. this but what is the importance of the womb when it comes to the relationship that we have with ourselves i'm going to start with just that one question because that is a powerful one on its own yeah. and then i'll ask the next one later Okay, because um, there's already like something I want to branch off on that. So, so it's about like understanding for me, for me. Um, yeah. It's about like understanding what the womb is. So I feel yeah. for women, the womb is like it is our center, right? It is even like gravitationally, it is our center. Like women are more like down in the hips rather than men being up in the solar plexus. But yes. it is it is the center of our physical universe which mm. also, and it's also the home of our creativity, right? So mm. the, the ovaries um, release a little cell called an ovum. And mm. the, like if you had high school biology, you'll know that um, there's a, in the cell, there's something called the mitochondria, and that's the mm. energy center of the cell. So mm. the ovums, out of anything, like it has something like 50,000 times the energy of a heart cell. Like it's, there's yes. no other cell in men or women in any existence that is as high energy as the ovum, which just means like this is yeah. the thing in our physical body universe that has the most creative potential. And that all is happening around the womb, right? Like the ovaries mm. and the womb are so connected. The womb wow. is where you can grow another human being. It's crazy. So it's like the mm. womb is like this portal of creation, life, death, and also the center point of the woman's body, like of our universe. And so yeah. now I'm going to veer off into the other question is like generationally, what does this mean in terms of, terms of trauma? So because mm -hmm. it's like this portal that connects um, grandmother to mother, to daughter, to daughter, mm -hmm. daughter, right? What? Um, this is also like the portal that our collective trauma gets passed on through. Um, I believe. So when yeah. you've seen this in breathwork, I've seen this in breathwork, the moment yeah. focusing on the womb, there is ancient trauma there. There is trauma yeah. that's not just yours. And I think yeah. that it's not just um, about uh, the, the ancestry of trauma as well, but the collective of women. So yes. there is a rage and there is a, um, like a, like there's a, a, there's a depth of all of the wrong that's been done to women that, yes. that we can yeah. Right. And so it's super deep. Yeah. I, I really think things like PCO, uh, polycystic ovary syndrome, like hectic period pains, endometriosis, all of these things is just 
It's like energy that is stuck. Energy that's, it's almost like the nervous yeah. system of the womb is overloaded and it ends up yes. these things from there. Because yes. I'm, I'm living proof of this, right? I've never shared this outside of the student group. I mean, you know this because, well, we know each we other's lives. <laughs> 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 right? like, um, the, uh, like the people listening in, it's like one, how I got into this work, a huge part of it was actually, I dragged Marilu to a Tantra workshop. That was like, she was like, oh, Tantra. I was like, I'm not going on my own. You have to go with me, you know, because I've been always trying to figure out how to heal my womb. Because like I used to have hectic period pains. I used to, they would be like, um, I guess, like, what is this? The blood when it comes through clots. Yeah. Um, I would bleed for maybe weeks on end. Um the pain was so crazy, unbearable. That's what actually, I mean, apart from just the money stuff, what took me into the body to say there's more to this. Like, mm. I just know it is that Western medicine wasn't working. And of Western course, medicine because, will just sit you on the, put you on the pill. Like, this is what yes. breaks my heart. It will put you on the pill and it will yeah. suppress the symptoms and it won't lead you into the cave of your womb. Exactly. And so with me, they would put me on the pill. And for some unknown reason, these pills would work for like two, three months. And then my womb would just override all that and go back to it. Oh, wow. So they were just like putting me on stronger and stronger pills. And I was going crazy. So this is how I started because I realized I just knew in my, I was like, okay, so medicine isn't working. I saw gynees. I saw so many people in my life. I saw sangomas. I saw gynees. I saw psychiatrists. I saw therapists all to try and figure out, is it psychosomatic? Is it physical? And nobody could really give me an answer. And thus started my journey into what the heck is this womb work? And of course, now everyone mm. knows um, where I used to have to take codeine. Like from the time I got my period, like forget Nurofen, that stuff was not working for me from the time I was yeah. like 14 when I got my period. So they had to give me codeine because I was in so much pain. And like sometimes I would bleed, especially in high school for days, for two months nonstop, you know? And of course I'd be anemic, you know? So um, what I learned to do, what as I started doing the work, the first thing I saw was, I started regulating, like my period was regular. I could predict it. Then the pain started to be less and less, you know? So, so powerful, this womb work, right? And I'm always like in awe of that. So, mm. yeah, my whole point is yeah. why I, I talk about I feel like the, the womb is an initiatress of a lot of this. Yeah. Yeah. No, my whole thing was I just brought this up because you were saying that you believe that like some of these issues that we have in the womb, it's like trauma from other, from ancestral times as well. So it's ancestral trauma. It's uh, the collective trauma of women, all that. So powerful because yeah. I, I believe that's why my womb, that's why my period was the way it was. It was one of the most awful, God awful experiences for me. You know, like really it was. Obviously, if I'm having yeah. to be in pain all day long. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. It's hectic. And I, I wonder sometimes in the entire cosmic joke that is sometimes our lives, if 
<sighs> this, you know, if that isn't like a, a blessing, like wrapped in a lot of pain and blood and, you know, discomfort, but because it led you to the body, right? So it's like the voice that screamed the loudest in your body to let you know that this is the way through, like mm. through me, you can understand yeah. the greater meaning of, of life and heal. That's the other thing through me, you yeah. can heal. Um, yeah. But that was like, your, your womb had the microphone. <laughs> right, because I didn't know about right. trauma. Remember, I wasn't talking no. about trauma before I went to do Tantra yoga, right? Yes. And yeah. it's in Tantra yoga when, like, I would send you those hollows crying messages of me crying about this whole process when I was in India and yeah. training. It was, like, in Tantra yoga that I started to realize which is essentially my womb started to speak and I could start to hear her. But then I started to realize that the body carries memories. I remember when I had that epiphany in yoga, I was like, no, the mm. body carries memories. There's more to this than what I thought. And so started this mm. entire journey into trauma. Best <laughs> thing that ever happened to me. But yeah. And I would never have gone to yeah. tantra, chosen tantra yoga <clears throat> if it were not for the womb. I went there because yeah. I wanted to understand what the hell was going on with my womb. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like, so many women are struggling with their wombs. Like, if you look at, um, like, miscarriages, uh, infertility, period pains, as I said, like endometriosis, um, like yeah. cancers of the womb, the ovaries, the, the cervix, yeah. um, pain during sex, like just in that area from the ovaries to the vaginal entrance, that spot holds so much for women. And oh. it's the portal to healing, but it's also the portal to a lot of discomfort. It's either you're going to have the discomfort for your entire life or you can go into the discomfort and see what there is that um, is coming up. Yeah. Mm, so powerful because you're actually trained in that. <laughs> Do you want to talk mm. just and a so little bit about how, why this is important for even for relationshiping the link between the womb apart? Because like I, I instantly, when I said that, I thought, okay, everybody's going to think about sex, right? But beyond sex, just the link between relationshiping and the womb that's not all sexual <laughs> yeah i mean like the, the the womb can be sexual in like that you can grow a baby there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or that you can you can have a um, womb orgasms that's another, that's another story for another day <laughs> that you can actually have womb orgasms um wow. but yeah the the link in relationships like um i don't know i have to think about this um what's your take on that well, I was thinking more along like how the womb, in the same way that the body gives messages, the womb gives messages, especially to women around lovers. Like you will know, like your womb can talk and say, this lover is not for me. But obviously, because yeah. we're so trained in overriding our wombs and what they tell us, yeah. <laughs> you know. So and, that and even if you're on um, hormonal medication, I, I, do I do think it lessens the like it makes the, the message a bit uh, numb, yeah, but I'm not making a proper sentence. It doesn't allow <laughs> you to hear the message just clearly if you're on hormonal medication, yes. um, because yes. you do change, you change the cycle. Um, something that please, I'm going to ask people to research is like, if you're on the pill and you have a period, it's not a real period. It's a chemically induced period, but it's not actually a period. Are you serious? So, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Read up on that. It's, um, 
because the pill makes you think that you're pregnant all the time and then the when you when you withdraw from it it's not like a natural like your your little egg is coming out with the endometrial lining it's like a chemically induced bleed and then you go back to being in a pregnant state um this can't be healthy no no it's not it's not so so do some do some research on that the other thing oh. with the well this is now the pull in relationships is if you're constantly in a state of being pregnant your which is the pill it makes your body believe that you're pregnant so you can't fall pregnant so you're not releasing an ovum you're not releasing an egg so what happens hormonally is you're attracted to different people so if you're on the pill while you're looking for a partner what often happens is people um then go off the pill maybe when they want to fall pregnant and they lose attraction to their partner because who you're going to be attracted to when you're not looking for a partner because you're pregnant um is very different than who you who you'll be attracted to when you're not looking uh, when you're not pregnant when you're looking for a partner for a relationship so this is this is a, this is a common thing yeah it changes your preference in men they also find that women on the pill are attracted to more feminine kind of men and women off the pill are more attracted to masculine men so this is this is very like it is heteronormative so but this is for the majority of people in heterosexual relationships um who like for women who are on the pill yeah Whoa. anyways just this yeah it changes your okay. preference in part this is uh, interesting is the iud the same way it does it do the, the same hormonal one to- yeah because the there's the copper one. iud and then there's the hormonal iud so the the copper iud doesn't change your hormonal balance but the copper iud also tricks your body into thinking that you're pregnant so yeah, that you don't need to exhale and like yeah. i've also heard um studies uh i've researched studies that actually the cop even the copper iud isn't good for your body right yeah. because of that and also because it's like copper in your body but that's a, like a whole other story, that's a whole other story right? that's a whole other story but yeah. like they've done a lot of studies for women on the pill and contraceptives whether it's the iud whether it's the pill whether it's the injection and they found that there is some kind of correlation between contraceptives and a mental health i don't know if you've mm-hmm. um heard of those studies but yeah. like it's really really intense Definitely. yes yeah. yes so Because also i don't want to go too deeply into this sense, but yeah yeah there is um if you're on a natural cycle so if you're not on hormonal um like hormonal uh medication then your body goes like obviously you go through an energetic cycle as well and the week yes. before your period many women get pms so what happens in that time is i forget the chemical now but maybe i think your serotonin or your dopamine drops and yeah. what that does is it, it can open up anxiety or depression just a little bit for some women but Yeah. What that part of the cycle is actually for remember like the bleed is your winter the first mm-hmm. week is your um like is your spring then you go into ovulation which, which is your summer and then you go into fall before you start yes. bleeding again which is winter yeah so that fall that autumn period is a period of reflection and so what the body naturally does is it drops your happiness level a bit so that you can become more critical about your life so you might feel a little bit less good about your job your relationship your whatever because the body wants you to review your life because everything is cyclical and that phase is for review and then when you bleed you go internal like you work less you exercise less and then you can think about how can i 
all of the things that came up in the autumn phase that I now know I want to change, then in winter you plan how to change it, in spring you change it, in summer you reap the benefits of that change, in fall you review, in winter you think of how to change it. So these cycles are really there for a reason if we know how to use them. But mm -hmm. this is what PME is, your, but we don't know how to handle that. We don't know how to like regulate oh. this anxiety and stress. Actually the gift of our cycle. Wow. Yeah, as I said, I don't want to go to. <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel like the this last part was probably one of my favorite parts of the interview. Like, I feel like this interview <laughs> this was like amazing. <laughs> this is like the bonus. It's like, wow, yeah. did we just go there? That, that was absolutely yeah. incredible. So, uh, wow. See, this is where the room takes you. <laughs> yes, right? And I love that um, we covered this. So I guess my last thing is to just say, um, one of the things that I realized is that it just, it's just so helpful to work with um, sex, love and relationship coach you know even though I'm not in a relationship right and I've had some interesting encounters in 2020 but I think that they were interesting and not as traumatic because of this but I've also yeah. seen the interconnectedness between money and relationships and I've seen like health so for me, it's always been that I'm this person, right? I have like my fitness trainer. I have my chef who is all about vegan, organic eating. I have you for my relationship coaching. I've got my trauma coach. I've got my business coach. And I feel like having all these various elements in my life has been actually the thing that has helped me up level tremendously yeah. in my life, Yeah, you know, because... Yeah. They kind of work together, but everybody is an expert in their, in what they're an expert in, but they kind of like yeah. merge at some point, like with the receiving. I'm like, we worked on that for months and months and I got the benefits of it in my finances, right? Yeah. But it was for love. That yeah. being said, because I know that people are listening to this and they're like, oh my God, now I need like all this. Guys, I promise you, and people will often say to me, oh my gosh, like how much that must cost an arm and a leg. But like I said, I went from being someone who was not able to gift myself jeans to someone who literally <laughs> spends so much money on yeah. just myself. Personal yeah. development is for myself, for me to be the yeah. best version of me and all these are incredible things that I'm discovering and understanding about myself. And of course, as I'm understanding how trauma works in one space, I'm able to understand how it may work in the money space as well. Yes. Right? Yes. So yeah. how do people get hold of you? How do they work with you? What are the various yes. ways that they can get involved and have you mm. on their team? <laughs> <laughs> Which I love. Um, and I've worked with some of the Money Magic students before, and I'm incredibly fond of oh, them. Because yeah. <laughs> they're the best. Your Money Magic students are like the best people. Um, so you can find me on Instagram, Marilu Gaba. One word, no points in with Marilu Gaba. You can find me on Instagram, Marilu Gaba Intimacy Coaching. So different, like four different words. Um, where else you can email me, info at marilugaba.com. And Gaba is G-A-B-B-A. -B -B -A. Um, so yeah. the, the Italian version. Um, yeah. 
something something that I want to just add to what you said at the at the end is because you've done so much personal development work and like it's like what you can hold has expanded so much in terms of receiving yeah. in terms of everything so it's almost like your energy body has become so much bigger so people who are worried yeah. about spending on themselves because they're going to run out of money or loving themselves because they're not going to have time or whatever the more you do this for yourself the more you expand and it's like the laws of the universe then give you more because yes, you can hold more you're not just going to yeah. bleed the whole time you're going to yeah. hold more because there is there is receivingness yeah. but there's also havingness and i think yeah. like you can have more and receive more and give more So Ooh, that's so good that you said that. Yeah. yeah. Like the havingness yeah. is also important. So how yes. much can you hold? Because I think maybe you can um receive and give, but then money is always flowing through you or relationships are always flowing through you. But yeah. I think through doing this work, you increased your havingness in such a big way as yeah. well. Yeah. So yeah, so I learned how to hold it. Yes. But I think yes. the first place where the first step that I had to take in order to learn how to have was how to give so that I could practice the holding of it yeah. right yeah, it yeah, was yeah. how do I give myself all these things mm. like the personal development all this and then I just realized yeah. funny enough that the more I was giving to myself the more because like I was giving and I was having to receive it the more mm. I was then opening up energetically to receive more and to scale yeah. and to grow my business yeah. and I I heard first when I would hear coaches talk about this or other people talk about this and I'd be like that doesn't make sense because you want to hold on to every little penny that you have right mm. like no but then it wasn't expanding it wasn't making yeah. me this expansive person yeah. right because I wasn't learning how to receive from myself and I also wasn't learning how to hold more Yeah. Energetically yeah. and just in my space mm. and feel comfortable with that. Yeah. And this it sounds really simple, right? Yeah. Go for massages, eat the good food, yeah. like try do treat yourself, but it will bring up so yeah. much for you if you don't feel yeah. comfortable to do that. You might feel guilty, you might feel like hedonistic, you might feel self-indulgent, you might feel selfish, and those are the things to work on. It's to start unpacking yeah. those things like who are these parts of yourself that doesn't believe that you actually deserve the massage and the acupuncture and the yeah. travel and all of that that's that's like the juice right that's the good stuff yes. that will come yes. up to be investigated yeah. and then just sit with that yeah. just sit with all of those uncomfortable feelings yeah oh my god i'm so glad we <laughs> we mentioned this because that for me was the thing i remember yeah. with i started off and again it starts off with like the nervous system and working through it because i know before i started doing the work i would be very sporadic in the giving until mm. eventually when i was receiving more and instead of receiving more and giving more to myself and holding more and having more which is the holding more yeah. right because most of us can receive but as soon as we get it it leaves because yep. it's not safe to it. our nervous systems yeah. was learn 
you can't hold it because your yeah. nervous system hasn't expanded to hold yeah. more of that. So, yeah. and I noticed that when I was able to do that, that's when I was able to start up leveling to giving myself more and more. Mm. It didn't just happen. And I also want to say, I didn't just wake up and start giving to myself because then yeah. there's also the thing that I see where we're like, I'm giving to myself, but it's not giving from a space of, I'm giving from a space of calm. It's because I just want this to change. Yeah. I heard it somewhere on an interview <laughs> that if I give to myself, I'll receive more. And so I'm just going to give to myself. But then mm. in giving to yourself, you're literally also doing what happened to me in relationships. Remember, it's overwhelming your nervous yeah. system and feeling and eventually the guilt, the anxiety becomes so overwhelming. You can't do anything. Mm. So same as like maybe the um, fall in love with your bank account challenge, like where you sit with the feelings when you yeah. engage with this thing, sit with yeah. the feelings when you engage in the gifting to yourself, because yeah. that's, that's really where it starts changing. Don't just do it yeah. unconsciously doing, doing like the bro culture thing of forcing <laughs> yourself into it. Um, like sit with it and like notice what comes up around. Yeah. It. I often say to people that the, guilt that we feel when we're giving to ourselves that's a message yeah. from the body we need to go into the body and understand yeah. where's this guilt coming from what's yeah. coming up because most of us are just like i feel guilty but i'll just keep giving to myself yeah. until one day your nervous system is like i this is too much guilt for me to process so mm. now you're the parts of you that would engage in the giving just mm. shut down shut yeah. you down from giving until you just cannot yeah. Now you just fall sick every time you give to yourself because yeah. it just overwhelms the nervous system because yeah. the guilt is too much. Yeah, or you just ah. feel super empty. Like you feel like numb around it, right? Like you can buy yourself all the beautiful dresses, but just feel like numb about it. That's, yeah. that's also an overwhelmed nervous system. That's going into freeze. Like numbness and freeze yeah. are oftentimes very connected. Whew. Yeah. Wow, this was a such a good interview. Like, <laughs> and I, I feel have, we could go for another hour. <laughs> we always could, because eh? that's how we are. So uh, <laughs> thank you so much for coming mm, on the show. Thank you, I and, loved it. <laughs> oh, I loved having you. And then uh, Mighty Magicians, thank you so much for coming through and watching this, Marilu is really one of my favorite humans. <laughs> and she's also one of my dear friends. And yeah, long before this work in trauma, we were talking about other things. Yeah. We were, she introduced me to ayahuasca. We were doing all these other <laughs> crazy experiments. And, and I watched you build world. wealthy money. I watched you build wealthy yeah. money from like, the craziest hustle. So I think people who tap in now and they're like, oh, Van is so successful. I watched you like hustle hard to get this company where it is today. So I'm always in admiration. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And you were always such a cheerleader. We used to have, um, so we have two other friends, Donna and Manini guys, who would we do like these weekly dinners where we oh, all get nice. together and we catch up <laughs> and everybody would be like talking about things and they'd be just like watching me fall apart <laughs> around building wealthy money and then making the decision do i leave south africa do i travel i have this tribe in south africa what mm. will happen with my clients so yeah no you've been there from the very very start mm. from the time when i registered the company <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> 
and made decisions to work for Stellenbosch University and like go to Korea and like all the the crazy it's not linear this whole process wasn't linear it hasn't Uh, been linear yeah so I'm so grateful (laughs) thank you thank you man it's been amazing thank you Mm. for agreeing to coach me thank Mm. you for this and uh, money magicians if you love this and you want to work on relationship trauma definitely get in touch with marilu incredible i don't Mm. i mean that this interview speaks for itself and then if you're interested in going deeper into your ancestral trauma around money and then creating a consistent income of forty thousand rand a month or two thousand five hundred us dollars every month contact me or get on the waiting list for the money magic course at wealthy-money.com forward slash money magic again wealthy-money.com forward slash money magic and i promise you we do the work around trauma the nervous system and money Mm. because it really isn't about the money just like it's really not about the lover and the relationship so thank you for tuning in and thank you once more marilu thank you guys (laughs) oh wow i thought we're done recording (laughs) i hope you enjoyed this week's episode if you find this podcast helpful and enlightening please can you do me a favor and go leave the podcast a five-star review on itunes or leave a comment on youtube and of course share it with your family and friends I would really appreciate it because it would help other money magicians who are looking to change their relationship with money find this podcast, which would really make my day. Also, as a bonus, if you're interested in changing your spending habits, I have a complimentary ebook for you. You can download it at wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook. Again, wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook. Have a fantastic day further and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Money Magic Podcast.